Hello again, Chatterbox listeners. This is Chatterbox Video Game Radio. My name is Alon. And my name's Ara. Episode 501, Ara. Are we going to count them every time from now on? I think our meter just, it it does, it, it resets. That's the word I'm looking for. Resets at 500. So now this is just like episode one. We're number one? Yeah. Because uh, we when I say episode one, I feel like <laughs> Star Wars. Probably shouldn't do that. Anyway, I have, uh, I've been playing games now. For several days straight. Can you imagine? Can you guess what game I've been playing this whole weekend? This long weekend? Well, it's not uh, It's not an NBA Jam game, probably. Not NBA Jam. And it's probably not the new Killer Instinct game, because that's not out yet. Correct. Although I'm still waiting for you to um, start crying when you see it. Uh, it's probably Pikmin 3. It is Pikmin 3. My wife and I... Um, we wasted so much time playing this game Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. But why would you use the word waste? Because that implies that you did not have a exceptional use of your time. It was, it was fun. But I, uh, I I kept saying like, we should go, we should do something. Like we should do something active. Like we should go running or like go climb something or what? Just all three days straight, basically. Like, we went out to breakfast on Monday with some friends, and then we went back home and played Pikmin all day. That's essentially what we did. But this is good news. How much did I talk about Pikmin last week? Uh, For about 800 minutes. Okay. Well, then I won't do it this time. But I will tell you that... Actually, you hardly talked about it at all. I was just... If you couldn't tell, maybe 800 wasn't exaggerating enough to make it obvious. So listen, um, I I hung out with Tim... Our, you know, friend of the show, Tim, on Friday. And I brought Pikmin 3 over, honestly, thinking he'd be playing something else and that I could use his gamepad well. Because a bunch of people come over and they play play some games. I figured they'd be playing. And while I'm not playing, I could play on the gamepad my, you know, save of Pikmin 3. And uh, he said, oh, wait, well, I mean, I don't have that. And I want to see that game. So we used that as one of the games to play for the night. And he really enjoyed it. And we played this part of the game called Bingo Battle which I had immediately dismissed as, because I had never heard any of this, like reviews and whatever, people are saying this is a good part of the game. I just thought it was going to be some cheesy add-on to the game that I wouldn't want to play. So didn't even pay attention to it. But my wife and I had played the, the missions prior to that. But then Friday night, I met Tim's. I played Bingo Battle because he said, oh, I heard Bingo Battle is pretty good. So, okay, good. So we played Bingo Battle, which is uh, versus, you know, it's a competitive instead of cooperative mode. And really enjoyed it so i thought i would show it to the wife the next day so on saturday i showed it to her and we proceeded to play 40 straight matches of bingo battle there's a few minutes each right it was basically hours we played and then the next day she wanted to keep playing and see if she could get like a better score versus me right like i had won too many matches she wanted to even the, the score sounds like you created a monster and so we played another 50 matches <laughs> um or 48, technically. <clears throat> and then the next day we played some more a couple different times during the day. So I'm, like, I'm impressed that your significant well, – I, I, can, I can say wife. I can use that word. Yep. Actually is playing some, a game alongside you, and I'm getting the sense that she's even more obsessed about it than you are. Oh, yeah. She's the one who wants to play. Like I came home from work today, and she was playing the game. I've again. never in my life experienced that. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to use the word significant other because I'm not married. Yeah. But the closest I've ever gotten is either A, I'll just watch you play, which is fine. Not fine. That's horrible. It's, it's very entertaining for me. Or B, I decide to watch them play. Which is painful. Which is less entertaining for me. Yeah. And that's it. No, them – them watching me play is horrible because I feel I'm, I'm like paying into the guilt jar that'll make me, you know, do something I don't want to do later because they'll pretend that it's not, you know, just for you. And then when the time, well, I sat and watched you play video games for three hours. You need to go to the opera with me or whatever. So I don't like that game. See, this is, this is why I'm always clear that any girlfriends I have, they are always free to come and go as they please. So if they don't like this activity... Don't have to be around for it. Yeah, I'll that, see you later. That is fair warning. 
So anyway, I, I don't need to harp on this all day, but I wanted to point out this happened. And I said to Tim, I said, no, you know what? I would, I like that we get to play. I need someone who's, you know, good. I, I like to play competitive games and play someone who is worth playing is what I'm saying. Well, of course. That's I the said, whole but point, my wife it? doesn't like competitive with me. She I don't believe me. you because you just played in some of 90 hours of this with her. Wait, this was a discussion I had Friday night prior to Saturday when we played. I said she was, she doesn't really like competitive. Um, she prefers the cooperative. So we had fun, but we went through all the stages and we're done. But bingo battle is, you know, you could just play it over and over and over because it's, it's not always the same. It's a, it's, if you play as much as we have, you see a lot of repeating stages and stuff, but they try to put you in different positions in the stages, and there are these weird pro levels every once in a while. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Back to my point. Turns out she totally likes it, and that's awesome. That's it. That's really all I had to say about that. That she actually, and it was a very surprise, surprising to me. So that's good, and Pikmin 3 is awesome. It's beautiful, by the way. Graphically, it's stunning. How is this any you. different from the last one? How is this any better? Well, I never played Pikmin 2, so I can't technically Than say. the first one. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what Tim's reaction was, right? I, I had asked him two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, about Pikmin. I said, eh, I'm not really a Pikmin guy. Um, although he had played the first two. I presume he, he owns them. And uh, so I brought over the third one. I said, well, I do want to see it. So he, he took a look, and he said it's much better than he thought because of this. Right in the original two Pikmin games, um, you didn't have a pointer like you have with the with the Wii Remote. You have the GameCube gamepad, and with that, you have an analog stick and some buttons and stuff. And uh, the way that it works is you've got this reticle where you can you know call Pikmin or throw Pikmin, and that reticle is a fixed diff- uh, distance from your player. So as you walk forward, the reticle is always in front of you first of all, and it's always the same distance in front of you. So um, that presents a certain limitation, especially when your Pikmin get thrown all over the stage by some bad guy or something. In this one, you have essentially a mouse pointer using the Wii remote, and so the reticle is not locked at any distance. It's wherever you're pointing it. So you've got one hand with the nunchuck, right, controlling the movement of the player, and the other hand controlling the reticle, which is of key importance in this game. For those who don't, aren't familiar with Pikmin, I, I'm not going to bother trying to explain it. It's just... These are important factors to the game, right? You can walk around, and you can also have this uh, reticle circle thing where you call Pikmin to yourself um, or throw them. So anyway, that single difference, that control difference, made a big difference to him. And I don't don't know if the Wii control versions, because they remade Pikmin 1 and 2 for the Wii with what they call Wii control, and it's probably this way. Sounds like it. Right. Um, But anyway... He really likes it. So I would I would venture to say that that is the major difference, although obviously there's, you know, some gameplay differences as well, like two more Pikmin and this multiplayer stuff and all that. But anyway, Bingo Battle is fun. Um, there are some elements for hardcore Pikmin 3 players that I would love to discuss, but I'm not going to waste time on it here. Like I was talking about the weird pro levels. that are not defined as pro levels, but there's just every once in a while when you play, it's different. Like the bingo card that you have. Bingo Battle, essentially, you're collecting things in the level to to fill up a card so like if you get a cherry it well cherry is not the right example if you get a certain marble a red marble it might be in a certain position on the bingo card and you have to get all these things in the world that make a line on your card but sometimes there's like question marks in there and it's extra hard like there are some really really big bad enemies that you have to kill um as opposed to most other levels where this doesn't happen and there's no like setting where you can activate that or deactivate it um Anyway, that's what I've been doing for three days. A lot of fun. I have not been doing anything active, so I feel like a bum, but uh, it's good. Well, my back's been out, so I've been feeling equally like a bum. I want you to play it, actually, right? But I can't move my Wii U around because the way I've got it hooked up makes it incredibly difficult to to move, and you don't have your own, but you need to come over and play that game. I'll play it only if I can get past the tutorial automatically. Uh, well, I mean, I can put you wherever you want to be. Yeah, that's what The I mission like. mode would be a good place to start. It's kind of where I started. Yeah, so. because I re- all I remember playing was the tutorial part of Pikmin, and all that made me feel like is not wanting to play anything called Pikmin. Yeah, no, it, it was pretty slow. Slow moving at the beginning. I told you, I played twice and fell asleep the first two times I played it. There you uh, go. Just wasn't moving fast enough. Okay. Your weekend? If your back's been out, you've been playing stuff. 
No. What? No. Too much exertion for my back. All right. I don't believe you, but okay. <laughs> we got we got there's a bunch of crazy things happening. Oh, I've got a lot. You already mentioned Killer Instinct, and I wanted to talk about that too. All right. Well, what do you have to say about that? Um, Apparently, it was at it was demoed at uh, some recent conference, and some people have played it. Uh, well, I know some people have played it. I, wasn't it at E3? Something more recent than E3, no. oh, like well. this PAX thing, whichever one it is. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if PAX had it. They they were talking about. I read. Okay, so I read this article where someone had talked to. Um, the producer of the game at PAX, actually. And and he says, we're going to take it in a completely different direction. It's going to be nothing like the original Killer Instinct. Kind of. He was talking about the play style, right? So in, I just made that up off the top of my head as a joke, by the way. Well, it's, it's kind of... I thought you were just exaggerating the point. The original Killer Instinct made a big deal of combos. I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. Right? And so... And and also the combos didn't happen with projectiles, which makes sense. It was all like up close and personal, attacking the the, the enemy in some string of crazy combos. And a, a projectile could be part of that. But my point is, in order to get a combo, you have to be physically close to the to the person. And this article is making a point of the fact that most fighting games have like different. Some some of the characters tend to be characters that fight from far away and are more defensive, and other characters are the type that have to come in close and. Anyway, there's a few different types, uh, general archetypes for characters. And with the original Killer Instinct, because it focused so much on combos, everybody was an up-close fighter. And I guess they're going to change that with this game, wanting mm-hmm. to make it more modern. Of course. Yeah. We'll talk a little it's bit more. always more modern, too. Yeah, a little bit more when we get back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio, where I'm already incensed at... Hearing about the word modern. You don't like that word? Look, every time anyone talks about something that they're going to do with this new game that's coming out, irrespective of what it is, they're, they talk about it like it's modern or it's new or it's like no one's done this before or it's just – they just couch it in these terms that make it feel like they're actually doing something novel when – Almost every example you can just go back and no, that's this other game back then did that, or it's really nothing new. They're just they're just saying it is. Or remember back in my favorite moment of incension was when they were talking about how the getaway. This is like in two thousand and four or before. This was a PS two game. How they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna treat players maturely like adults, and um, we're not gonna show like UI on the screen. Yeah, it's like we're, we've moved past that, right? Like showing UI was somehow a childish and antiquated thing to do. And clearly for the people making that game, or at least the people who were the person who was directing that game. Isn't the getaway that game that like was supposed to come out for years and, and was delayed and delayed and delayed? It was like yeah, it's a realistic it was one of London map and all. Yeah, that. it was just like that, right? So it's like, okay, well, we can't show you. Because uh, we decided that we're we're doing everything better by not showing you UI, so uh, you don't know where to go. So um, we're going to resort to like uh, blinking the uh, the turn signal lights on your car as a means of directing you instead of showing you an arrow. 
because that's that's like more modern. That's way better. That's like the advanced way to do it. I right? kind of like that idea, actually. <laughs> yeah, you like that. You like thinking like, okay, so now there's this phantom ghost op- operating your switch gear for your turn signal. The problem and with that is, I want to know where I'm going before I'm going there. Ex- well, yeah, that's just that's just one of the things that makes no sense by doing something like that. Um, and I won't even get started about the shrinking and growing blood stain that is a health bar. On your back, that's the same blood stain in the same place and size every time, and it's just don't never played that. Don't. Game. Let's let's anyway. Move on. So about Killer Instinct, he says he wants to be, to be more modern and have some characters that are like zone characters and some that are different types. I don't even remember the different types. I should know this since I play fighting games, but I'm not one to like delve into. The, the development of fighting yeah games. so on the face of it fun. this this tells me where there was a game called killer instinct and now we're making a new game called killer instinct and it's a different game but based on this this short article that i'm reading right it sounds like they they understand that you still that they're trying to make a good game let me put it that way and i'll explain well, everybody why. everybody thinks they're making a good game. I mean, nobody sets out and says, well, "This time we are well, going me, to make a bad game." Here's here's the thing. So, I this I was going to use this this topic as a lead in for the discussion of nostalgia. All right, right, because I remember Killer Instinct from like 1994, 95, and it was amazing. Partly because it looked amazing, and the way they did that was by having really advanced computers model this stuff out before the systems we actually had could do the same thing in real time. Right. And then they made sprites out of them and, uh, you know, the same way they did Donkey Kong Country and um, other good-looking games that came out for the Super Nintendo. They did this in the arcade. It looked super fancy. On top of that, it had this crazy combo thing. And on top of that, I had a character that I could play pretty well. I was a Glacius guy. And uh, point is, I really liked the game because it was beautiful and because I could play well. Right, which is uncommon. Most importantly. I was not very good at, at fighting games, although I told myself that I was. Do you disagree? Most, that what? was the most important factor. Uh, that I was reasonably good at it? Yeah. Yeah, that was important. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, I look back on it. I was like, okay, it, it is still kind of fun. I still like the combos and stuff, but I, really, I need someone who knows how to play the game. Without that, it's not, it's not very fun. And in most cases... When we look back on, on old games, and I did that right before the show. You remember I was look, looking at the, uh, the BrotherKnights.com website that Trapper talked to, us, talked to us about last week. That's right. Right, so Trapper's site. I looked at that to see what the most recent game they played was, and it was not a game I'd heard of, so there was no nostalgia attached to it. But the idea of playing these old NES games is very nostalgic. And when you look back at those old games, and this is, this is true of old arcade games, Atari games, Nintendo Super Nintendo, whatever, you go back that far and things are so far removed from today's experiences, usually they're just, by today's standards, they're very bad games. There's, in my opinion, very, very few games that hold up. Yeah, but you've got to also remember that in the Nintendo era, there were many, many bad games that did not hold up to other Nintendo games at the same, of the same age. So there was that too going well, on. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is like, even games that people laud as, like, excellent games. Like, hey, there's these great games of yesteryear, right? A lot of them were not I, actually that great. I'm getting a feeling of where you're going with this, and I'm, if, this is, if you're going down the road, I think you're going down the road. I'm going to completely disagree. I don't even... Because I have a stable of games in my head. A, tight, a list. It's not a, it's not a stable, because I don't have all these games. Of games that... I thought were really just like the peerless best examples of old games. And in most cases, I mean, there's a nostalgia factor where like you just remember, I think this is where you're going, right? You remember it's basically, so good. And when you go back to play it, it's, uh, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. But these games, I think that there are a few standout examples that hold up just as well as they used to. No, and there, even There absolutely are They some. do even more. Yeah. What I'm saying is yeah. that in general, people have nostalgia for old stuff and it is usually not warranted this is interesting because i have a theory about stuff like that that goes broader than just video games and that theory is that old memories you seem to only recall the best 
aspects of them or only good qualities of them and you seem to forget over time the bad ones. And so in your head, there's definitely been, I've definitely experienced the shock of, wow, that game used to, I'm not even going to say used to have good graphics. It used to have some graphics. And then I go back and play the game and I'm just like, gee, those pixels are a lot bigger than I remember. Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. That it's, definitely happens. That happens, but but gameplay as well. And I mean, I'll just try to. I, I did not prepare this in my head well enough in, beforehand. But I'll say, let's think of games that people remember positively, right? So there's clearly the Mario series. Those games, I think, hold up pretty well. Like even the original yeah, Super Mario. It's Brothers, a it's a good example. They do pretty well. Zelda, for the most part. I mean, if you like that kind of game, sure. The graphics are less important, and the game was comp you know, complex enough, yeah. but still pretty good. Here's one example Basically, of Zelda. Nintendo brand games are good. Here's, so. here's the interesting thing, right? Uh, how many of us would be able to tolerate a top view game where you're moving around, where you can only move in the cardinal directions like Zelda? Oh, yeah, these days? I don't I, – I, I would shudder to think that anyone could actually tolerate that right now. It's, it's just – it's so weird not being able to move diagonally. Yeah, well, that's, that's true. Not my concern right now, but but you're right. Um, but I'm thinking of these games. There are some Nintendo brand games that actually, mostly they they hold up really well, and that's that's impressive. Like that's one reason that I keep buying Nintendo stuff because they keep making games for their systems and they keep being good, right? So that's that's cool. But think of some other games. Like I've mentioned Castlevania on the show several times. I think back to the original Castlevania. Eh, eh no, doesn't really do much for me. Not so, not so much. But the fir- the first one was very different than the later ones, you know. And even three was yeah, quite but it spawned the series. Yeah, yeah, three was quite good for Nintendo technology. Yep. And even I would say, I mean, Simon's Quest was also very good. Yeah, that one was a crazy game. There's yeah. a lot of I think that if there's anything that's shocking about going back to that one, it's maybe. Um, you kind of forget how repetitively they tiled all the graphics. Yeah. Right. I, I'm i not even thinking about the graphics now, but you're right. I mean, certainly they were remedial by today's standards or even later Nintendo standards. But um, what about another game that's really popular? Bubble Bobble. Everyone thinks Bubble Bobble is amazing. That game sucks. And it's always sucked. I don't know why people loved it, but it sucks. I never thought it was amazing. I even thought actually... When it came out, and I was playing it back in the day, that the graphics were pretty poor for Nintendo standards. Yeah. So there. It's just a cutesy game. It's got a great soundtrack. Love the music. Well, you know, that. if Tim were here, because Tim knows um, encyclopedic and um, unlawful knowledge about the details of that game, there's actually a lot of really uh, crazy, insane depth about playing that game two-player that I won't be able to reiterate today, but if you ask him, okay. there's, that game was designed very specifically to facilitate a certain style of play that uh, only basically two experts would be able to enjoy. Well, that makes it way more interesting to me, but it yeah. still sucks. Yeah. Um, other games I'm thinking of? I need to go to like Genesis era, though. That's, the, that's my problem. Is that I have so many good examples in the Genesis era, not as many in Nintendo. I mean, I think of some like I think of Solomon's Key, which wasn't actually it didn't start on the Nintendo. But you know, that's the funny that thing. That was a fantastic game. Solomon's Key, for what it was, was probably the absolute most polished product you could make of a game like that with that technology. Yeah. It was. I mean, that was a sharp is. game. I didn't like it, but oh, that I was love that game. That was a really sharply made game. But it's funny because you can play, you can use Mame and just play the arcade version, and it looks way better. Um, you just like it because of all of the Hebrew iconography. Uh, didn't even realize it was there, but okay. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit of reference, but what's funny is it had a sequel, which was not very good. Not yeah, very good. well, that also. You what know was how cool that about goes. the first one they totally took out. Anyway, the, so nostalgia sucks, but I want to read this this part relating to Killer Instinct from I guess the guy's last name is Rettig, Torin Torin Rettig. Okay, he's probably not American, so that gives it hope. He says, fighting games have come a long way since then, and we wanted to make sure we were making a modern fighting game in addition to making a game that was true to the original. 
And most of the characters in the original game, while they had unique moves, tended to play in a rushdown gameplay style. They tended to get in your face, blah, 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 blah. We wanted to make each character a little bit distinct. It was an important part. Right when we get when we get back from break, I'll read the important part of this. We'll be right back. back ladies and gentlemen don't forget we have a facebook page slash uh, chatterbox video game radio our website links to it that's chatterboxgameshow.com and um oh yeah uat.edu that's the website for the university of advancing technology they are still very much a sponsor of this show we thank them thank you very much now i was talking about killer instinct and i said that uh you know i was starting to read some quotes here's the important part when you bring back something that's classic that people remember so well it's interesting because it's a challenge People tend to remember things a little bit differently than they actually were, which is – that's what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's a fair enough assessment. Yeah. It's true. They tend to highlight certain aspects of the experience. That helped to guide us in terms of what was most important. What do people remember most fondly about the game and to make sure that we were getting those things down? So he's conscious of the fact that there's nostalgia involved. He's conscious of the fact that there are f- certain factors in the game that will stand out as the, the elements that contribute to the nostalgia of that game. At least for the purposes of lip service. Yeah. Um, and he's conscious of the fact that they need to make a game that caters to the factors that contribute to the nostalgia of the users. Now, whether or not, you know, he's telling the truth, as you're suggesting he might not be, or, you know, that they've actually put put some thought into making the game that way, uh, it makes me think they're going to say, okay, people really love the graphics of the game, but more importantly, that crazy combo system. Um, of course, they could go in a number of t- different directions. They could go even crazier with the combo system, which would be probably not well-received. Um, they could only give it to some characters and not others, the ones that are only like run up and do combos and whatever. Uh, I-, I feel like they probably are going to get some of it right and realize that it's important to put that into the game for everybody uh, for every character, make it a major component of the game, but probably make it a little bit easier to play in terms of like maybe preventing the like combo breakers were nearly impossible in that game, at least for me. Um, I feel like he's in a spot that is impossible to get out of, actually. Yeah, well, this because is like nostalgia is irrational. So to try and feed it with a new version of a game 15 years later is, is a very low chance of success. Here's opinion. what I think their problem is they're going. Everyone is going to be upset no matter what they do because the game is just old enough for all of those factors to come into play. This is like remaking Total Recall. There's just no way you can do it. You should have just given up from the start and called made a different movie. What I'm going to say is... I'm a little, I'm a little bit scared, right? Because it's, nothing could live up to nostalgia. That's I don't understand why they're do, why this is the, why this is the Killer Instinct franchise. It's like been so long. Like, how could it not be painfully apparent that they're just going to use the name only? No, I don't think they are. I, don't they're gonna, they're I mean, gonna, they're keeping a lot of the same characters. Yeah, it's more than just the name. I know, but okay, so the characters' names too. They have maybe, to change, and maybe what they look like, and maybe the new moves are going to look the same. No, he actually said, so they're changing a lot of characters and their play styles, but he even brought out Glacius as one of the characters that is, or he's saying, Glacius, one of the biggest changes is a zoning character. <laughs> you I don't even know what a zone character you're is. You're so screwed. But I'm bummed because that was my character. But the thing is, they ruined Glacius in the second game, so it was already ruined. <laughs> uh, the second game was not great. Um, anyway, oh, did I mention? They're going to... So there's three different ways to to pay for this game. First of all, it's free, um, which was scary. However, it's not going to be pay like per play, like Tekken Revolution, or 
you know, pay for gimmicky, well, probably going to be some costumes you can buy and stuff. But um, it's basically pay per character. So which characters do you want to use? You just pay $5 per character or you pay for all of them for like 20 bucks. That's so that's so interesting. Right? It is. It's a model that we haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a double price version. The $40 version is going to have some extra stuff like all of the extra DLC costumey things. Um, but in addition, it's going to have the original Arcade Killer Instinct. This seems like a bad idea to me. The whole thing in general or the pay model? No, the pay model. Because... I can only think of – well, okay. Here's the going to be the difference. I was just thinking about how this would just give people a reason to pay less for the game because what happens a lot of times in fighting games is that you gravitate toward a small subset of characters, often size of one. So yep. for, for hardcore people, they will – well, okay. So really hardcore will probably get them all, right? But the – uh, um, what's the word? Uh, Quasi hardcore people would get maybe just one character. That's what I would do. I would do that. I would get one character and just. Well, it's going to come with character. three, I think. Okay, well, the minimum, right? And I would be, I would feel no desire to get more characters because that's just more things to work on and more things to learn, and uh, it's just going to increase my learning curve. Yeah. Right. Well, but here's the, the only way it could work is if it gets people to pay something that would have never bought the game otherwise because the 40 bucks would have been too much of a too high of a threshold. Yeah, I was about to say that actually after saying this out loud regarding the payment system, um I have and I I do have much lower expectations for the quality of the game now because I realize, you know, freemium models in general allow for a limitless ceiling. And so you have... Yeah. And that's why these, they're working right now. Yeah. You have these whale players who pay for everything. You know, someone will spend thousands of dollars on a game because they don't care about spending thousands of dollars on a game for some reason. Whereas, you know, that person supports the hundred other people who aren't paying behind him. Yeah. So the thing is, in this game, you can't pay... limit. I mean, there's going to be some DLC and stuff. But even if you pay up front, the double cost version that I'm certainly going to buy right. right it's only 40 dollars, which is less than the retail price of a standard xbox one yeah. game so they're only unless like you said they're actually increasing the the number of people who will play in general um they're not going to make any money and i think it's probably just a tech demo for graphics which is you know the game was very known for graphics right but i like the gameplay as well yeah so it's going to be a tech demo for people to get this free game and see the fancy graphics of the Xbox One, which will look awesome, but I doubt Nint- or Microsoft is putting huge priorities in terms of um, financial backing into the development of the game if, uh, if it is free and doesn't have this freemium limitless ceiling. There's- well, I got to say I do like that they're trying a totally new way to pay for the game. Yeah. I like this very much. Damn it. I've made myself think that the game's going to suck now. It's it's only it's better for you. You you can only feel better about it later. Then I guess we'll know in two and a half months anyway. I'm going to predict that you won't like it as much as you think you will. Well, I'm going to predict. Actually, I'm going to make even stronger prediction. I think you will be very disappointed. Truth be told, you know I have the original Killer Instinct. I play that, and I don't like that even as much as I remember liking it. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's you know what's funny. There was. There's something I experienced once where I almost want to call it kind of like a reverse nostalgia effect, but that doesn't make sense either. Let me talk about it. Maybe you'll understand what I'm trying to get at. When Castlevania Symphony of the Night came out, that was this was like one of the biggest Castlevania games and also one of the be- arguably the best ones, and it's also one of the most highly lauded ones. And you ever... Have you ever bought a game where your first impression of the game, this is a game that you're really looking forward to, and the game is everything that you asked for and everything you hoped for it to be, and yet there's just something that you can't put your finger on that you don't feel fulfilled by your expectation. I do have a hard time understanding exactly what you're getting at, but I think I do. And it's just you, it's it's you can't think of the reason why, but it's not as good as you thought it was. And every reason you look at, it's 
every time you analyze it rationally, it's just as good or better as you thought it was. Yeah, that game for me is Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. It just... I've liked every Mario game, and that one just didn't suck me in. Something about it just was either too slow-paced or something. I don't know. See, I, I the second one as well and didn't play that very much. I have a theory for this, too. I have no shortage of theories. This is why they pay me the big bucks, which is actually less than most people now. <laughs> but anyway, I think it's actually there's – I don't know what this is yet, but – there seems to be some kind of psychological thing where when you're doing some kind of like effort and then you get a reward or you, you're anticipating a reward and your actual experience of that reward, there's certain kinds of things where it's always less than you anticipate, right? It's like your eyes, you're about to eat and your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Mm-hmm. I think there's that sort of thing going on with these things. Well, sex is that way too. Yes, this is very, very well applied. For those of you youngsters out there. Exactly. In <laughs> fact, that's probably the best example. Yeah, not as impressive as you think. Um, it's still good. <laughs> yeah. But it's always, especially especially if if you're in a dry spell, <laughs> it always seems much more important than it really is <laughs> when you don't have it. When you do have it, not very important, but it's I, I just I find that fascinating. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, Zelda, by the way, another one for me because yeah. it's like it's sex. Got... Disappointing yeah. when you're doing it, but you really <laughs> want some beforehand. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it it you know it's held on such a pedestal, and I've said that you know I came to the realization. Yeah, so like, I don't know. It, I just that's such a good choice of words. It's not doing it for me anymore. And yeah. So well, that's the thing I don't too, bother. right? I didn't buy the last one. I, I mean, the hyping happens of games when games are being promoted on the macro scale of society. But I feel like that's also happening microscopically inside one's own head too. Yeah. And so you just have to get to the point where you're like, you know what? I don't think this game that everyone else likes that everyone talks about loving, like, and that I've bought for years and years and years. I just don't think I actually like it anymore. And I'm, I'm at Mario was that way for me because I didn't, I mean, I played through galaxy and I played through some of galaxy too, but like, wasn't doing it for me anymore and um i wonder if the next mario whenever that happens will will be the same way or not yeah it's kind of like like that rayman legends demo that just came out yeah well i had a rayman legends demo on the wii u for months yeah well it just came out on the non-wii u's so okay (laughs) that stuff they do some they do really top-notch work with that game yeah i really liked it i feel like they've they've surpassed nintendo with platformers i feel like i really do I will say it. I'm not willing to go there yet. That's but fine. They do a good job. That's fine. I, I will say it without equivocation. But I played the demo, and the demo is fun. But it was just like it was like okay, this is the normal top notch stuff they. That's what's good do. about Nintendo. They give you a new experience every time. Yeah. Well, except, it was actually, except uh, Galaxy there to Galaxy. There was something 2. new about it. But we'll be right back. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back. 
and we are already at the last segment for this week. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. You like how we were worried about what, if we'll have something to talk about during the show, and then we go through the whole show without even looking at our list. It kind of does that, yeah. And I'm I've been looking. I don't know about you. I've been looking at my list this entire show. Yeah, well, I've been looking at you, looking at your list, but I know that we haven't actually done anything on it. <laughs> and you're totally right about that. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go down my list. After I mention UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advanced Technology, now now you're free to go. All right. So the 2DS just came out. Yes. Sam and I were talking about this on Friday. Same logo, except there's a 2 instead of a 3, and it's uh, 40 bucks less, and there's no 3D. Yes. How do we feel about that? Uh, I have a lot of different feelings. He brought up, Tim brought up a great point. It's like, it's going to be confusing for the person who goes into the store, like the parent, and wants to get it, and you're like, so the 2DS, so it's, it plays all the same games as the 3DS, but it's the 2, right? So that'll be a little bit confusing. Yes, parents will be confused. I think this is how we resolve this, because half the people in the world who care about this are saying everyone will be confused, and the other half will be saying nobody will be confused. And I think that all the parents who are buying things who aren't familiar will be confused, and the people who are familiar won't be confused. So well, there. it's like the, the 2DS games can play all the 3DS games, but the DS games can't play the 2 or 3DS games. Yeah, and there's that too. Yeah, but I got to say, the form factor is certainly, I mean, that's getting the most talk, although I don't know exactly what that talk is. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, half the people are saying it's better and half the people are saying yeah. it's worse. Here, for, for convenience of transport, transportability, no, it's not great, right? It doesn't, it doesn't fold up to half the size. It doesn't protect the screen when it's closed. So um, it's not great that right. way. But then you don't have to deal with the hinge. However, not so much the hinge as the weighting of the machine and think about where the controls are, right? Normally, the controls are on the bottom half yeah, of the machine. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good yeah. point. And you've got this big thing hanging off the end, sort of tilting your hand back, or that you just you don't have a big grip for your no. Your that's big been man hands are that's sitting. been adult sized hands people's biggest criticism of, of this device. Yeah. and this one with the controls essentially on what would be the top half of the machine if it was split into yeah. two halves. Yeah. Well, they're kind um, of in the middle, aren't they? So they're certainly further up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that is better. It's weird to me that they're actually taking functionality away because really how hard would it be for them to also include the 3D on it? I don't know how much more the display costs. Well, um, it costs at least $40. I don't know about that. Um, (laughs) What's what's interesting to me is they're cutting out functionality and what that means for the future of the games. To me, honestly, it says they're giving up on 3D. For the second time in the history of Nintendo, they're giving up on the 3D effect because if they... I mean, we say we say this all the time. Like, if there's a peripheral that comes packed with the system, people will develop for it, right? If it doesn't come packed with the system, nobody will develop for it. And now, if you're making a game for the 3DS, if you wanted to have a wide, you know, footprint to get as, to as many people as possible, you're not going to put a a 3D element in the game that is really important, right? And which is. You, in other words, nothing relies on the 3D aspect in order for the functionality and the communication with the player to be there. Yeah. Moreover, I bet Nintendo now has a rule. Because, I mean, we've talked before about how companies have all these rules. Well, about well they may. Yeah, system. they may, actually. They, they probably may have a rule now that says you can't, you can't have something in your game that requires the, the 3D effect. This is, I knew it was going to go down exactly like this. And I'm sure there was one episode several years ago where I said this. The problem is is that the way video game development works is that we're always struggling to just get the game out. And when you're always struggling to just get the game out, you don't have time to spend you don't have to spend on extra things like the 3D effect. And so what ends up happening 99.9% of the time is that the developer spends not a lot of time on this extra functionality because it cuts into the time that they would normally spend developing all the normal game features. Yeah, well, that's why what happens on these systems, the good games are the ones that from the beginning are designed to take advantage of what the new feature is. Yeah, which is, it this, would, yeah, which is contradictory, of course. So I want to say this is what's happening with the Wii U, except to say that would suggest that there has been at least one game for the Wii U that takes advantage of the hardware. But... Um, there's been basically zero. Like, even Pikmin, by the way, does basically nothing with the pad. I mean, it has a map, but you could go to a map by pausing the game in other games. It's 
it doesn't need to be on the Wii U at all, except that's Nintendo's current system. Right. Um, but, you know, on this topic, there was also something I was reading on Polygon recently. Um, the, the headline is, time, the time for convincing third parties to support the Wii U is long past. And that's according to Bethesda's Pete Hines. And they even mentioned Anthony Birch in here, um, quote him, talking about basically they don't want to spend time developing for this extra thing uh, you know that that takes away from exactly what you're saying like the normal development <laughs> time and it's it's such a bummer because a game that is using these this hardware you know to its fullest designed from the get go to do that could be really fantastic i know and it's just nobody's taking that risk on it because i mean it is extra work i don't know why people took the risk with the wii and the wii sold really really well and some games were made for the wii but they're just yeah, but it was done in, like that was that was a piece of technology that was done in a way that it didn't imply that you had to do uh everything that you had to do normally plus extra more. Yeah. You know, it was just a different way to do things guess, instead of an extra way to do things. I guess the answer for why why companies would produce for it is pretty simple. Like it sold like hotcakes from the get-go whereas the Wii U has never sold. Well. Yeah, well there's that 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 has a lot of value when that happens. Yeah. So, I had a really really fascinating topic that involves uh, seven new platforms coming out very soon. But I'm going to defer that until our next episode. And let's talk about all the uh, less interesting things, but still interesting enough. Just not one that that, requires an entire segment. Yeah, because um, that one's going to take too much time, and we don't have that much time. So um, one thing that I got to mention is on the 21st of Saturday. Of September? Yes, that's what I meant. Okay. Which uh, I think is a Saturday also. <laughs> Here I'm in use Phoenix. That line now. Hey, on the 21st of Saturday. Yes. In Phoenix, at the Phoenix Art Museum here locally. So there's this Art of Video Games that's a Smithsonian exhibit, and that's happening there. But there's a special event happening on the 21st. And it is a demo day for independent developers in Phoenix. There's going to be at least 15, maybe even 18 maybe even more developers each showing their own products that they're developing here locally in Phoenix. And I may even be there showing something very intriguing that I won't talk about right now. And that's on the 21st. That's on the 21st. So if you're local, check us out. You might see us there. And if you're there, I suspect I will also be there. Yes. There's, uh, there's a lot of – yes. You should have that much suspicion in, at least. In tow to, to hang out. I still haven't even been to this exhibit by the way, which is sad. Yeah, well, I, had a, I had a whole long weekend to still, go do that. You still got plenty more weekends. You could probably finish Pikmin 3 and then go I think. So let's see. What else is going on? Apparently, there's a new Xbox One feature that just got uh, announced slash – inadvertently on purpose this is not a big deal feature i don't know why no but it's funny it's funny to me okay now we can now we can have eight players on xbox one yes and i loved how uh i read somebody was pointing out how this is this sums to about 480 dollars worth of controllers well you get one with the system don't forget that but 420 um, uh (laughs) i have almost that that many controllers for the xbox i believe you and I, just, I mean, I guess it's just a gimme, but who's going to develop a game that, I mean, it's hard enough getting four people around. No, I mean, if they were, if it supports eight controllers, I'm sure Hudson will produce a Bomberman game that's eight players. Right. And that'll be interesting. And um, I read somewhere, although it was sort of like as, as a comment, as an aside in some other article, maybe one about this topic saying that Microsoft is working on getting the Xbox 360 controllers to be compatible with the Xbox one. I don't know why, by the way, that that would be so difficult for Microsoft to do. Right. But supposedly (laughs) it's like, do we do it or not do it? Okay. Yeah. How hard would it be? It's a USB and you've got USB ports. So yeah, I don't want to poo poo this thing too much. Oh wait, no, because it's wireless. All their controllers are wireless. So they have to get, but they're, they have a USB dongle for the PC and you can just plug that in. I guess. I don't want to poo-poo this conceptually because uh, I think there's a lot of fascinating novel things that can happen with eight people playing that can't happen with four people. I just can't think of any of them, but I'm sure somebody can. Yeah. Well, I mean, trivia games, right? The that's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that could be that could be quite some, cool. There are some simple implementations that are obvious. Yeah. Uh, 
I think it's great. The more controllers, the better, especially if you because you could have a different type of controller that comes out later, one that perhaps you use two controllers simultaneously and they need to be able to connect to the machine. Yeah, or it's like um, a one-button game and you yeah. can have 16 players with eight well, controllers. Like and... They mentioned that the, the PlayStation 3 can have seven controllers, except no, it's seven devices. So like if you have a headset, that's one of the devices. Ah, uh, yes. You know, so that, that's what I'm saying. Um, Microsoft could, could use it for that purpose as well, although I don't suspect any other peripherals are going to come out for it. Here's another funny novel thing. In Europe only, you tell me if this isn't new. I think this is totally new. You will get a free game in Europe, FIFA 14, when you buy Xbox One, but only if you have pre-ordered and are getting it on the first day. I'm guessing that game is somehow a freemium game. If I EA is just I, giving it away. I don't think so. I, no, you have to pay for it, though, if you... You have to pay for it completely if you um, if you don't get the, yeah, the day one a certain the day degree. one um, pre order. Yeah, maybe Microsoft just has a deal with them of some sort. I don't know because uh, obviously that's I mean this is that's probably the number one game in Europe or something. Like, yeah, well, it's soccer, so huge over there, right? Why why didn't they do this earlier? Because this is the kind of thing that companies need to do to motivate me to pre order anything. Yeah, giving you something free. Give me something. Not give me something free. Hey, okay, I don't want killer instinct. I don't free. want the T-shirt. I don't want the art book. I don't want the statue. I don't want any of that junk. Really? Because if I walk around your house, I would be convinced that you care a lot about statues and T-shirts. Yeah, but <laughs> notice how long it's been since I bought any of those. <laughs> You've got so many cool things for video games. I burnt myself <laughs> out years ago. Yeah. Com- well, I mean that's that's a good point. Um, I am surprised that they're limiting it to day one when they also have low stock in those countries. But yeah, and well, they're not doing it here either. So. Yeah, hmm. they don't need to here because we'll guess, buy them up anyway. I guess they don't need to. Anyway, end of another show, folks. Thank you for listening. Next week we do have a fascinating topic on so many new consoles. Uh, don't forget Facebook page at slash Shatterbox Video Game Radio. Get ready for seven new platforms. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.